Hey, it's Lula Mendelssohn back again, and this is the Sneeman Podcast. And today I'm going to talk about something that I think might be boring to some people, but way interesting to like people who are really into such things. Because, you know, the whole Nelson Mandela thing, it's kind of controversial to say anything bad about Nelson Mandela. Like, you know, people like uh, Julius Malema from the EFF, he was like, uh, Mandela is not my leader. He backstabbed us and all of that. And that time it didn't really make sense. Okay, betrayed the country. What does he mean? But if you come to think about it, if you are like a nationalist, you kind of see where Julius Malema is coming from. Because there are a lot of crazy things that happen, but I'm going to break down some of the things like what happened, like the transition uh, from apartheid, what could have happened or what really happened, like logically speaking. Because we know like Nelson Mandela is the most decorated president ever. He's probably the most recognized president in Africa. And you begin to ask yourself, why? What makes him so special? Most countries fall after they get their independence, but South Africa seems to be doing way better. In fact, it's probably doing better than most African countries, if not all. I think the only country that was doing better than South Africa is Libya, but you all know what happened to their president, Gaddafi. So, and speaking of which, all right, a segue a bit. I know I haven't gone into the topic, but think about it, now. Isn't it weird that there are so many dictators in Africa and South America? This can be a coincidence. But Europe doesn't seem to have any dictators. I mean, the only ones that we know of is Stalin and Hitler. You know what? Like, the only uh, dictators that, or something comparison to a dictator that we have in Europe is called the royal family or the monarchy. And the rest of the world is just a dictator. I mean, even dictators might be better because they have certain powers, like they have limits to their power. But anyways, I'll do my research on this, but it might be my next episode, like, because I really want to know if these dictators, right, were they manufactured, were they were manufactured during, uh, after independence, because, you know, most uh, colonially, colonial powers, right, <laughs> They knew that after their exit, they'll lose they'll lose most of their wealth. So they needed someone to actually make sure that they got their wealth and they don't lose everything. They still can mine for the copper or, or whatever minerals are in that country. So they would have someone there who they can actually manipulate, who doesn't really care about those people. Like, I don't know if I'm wrong. It's just a theory. But I really need to do research on this. If it's like natural that these dictators just became dictators because, you know, they were just evil. Like, after independence, automatically they become evil, you know? So, but anyways, uh, Nelson Mandela was born into royalty, and he was, like, the lucky few who was afforded, like, a good education, and he became a lawyer. I don't know what the apartheid government was thinking when they educated the royal kids. Uh, Perhaps they thought... These kids will probably turn back on their people, you know, backstab their people and actually serve the apartheid government. Who knows? But it was a good thing because the two most influential presidents we've had in South Africa was Thabo Mbeki, who was also uh, did LLB, was a lawyer, and also Nelson Mandela. So 
if you don't know, Nelson Tabombeke, rather, he, he made many things. Like, he, he had so many policies that he passed. First, uh, he made gay marriage to be legal, abortions legal. He allowed unemployed parents to collect grant money, a.k.a. welfare checks. He loosened up the government intervention into private companies, so they generated more money, uh, which at the end of the day benefits white people. But hey, at least he got the three out of four. <laughs> you get what I mean? So I believe Mandela came up with the best deal he possibly could under the circumstances. I mean, you know, apartheid was really bad. So think about it. If he decided we should nationalize everything, you can only imagine the sanctions that would come up with that. Like it would be really bad. It would be probably have hyperinflation and also, you know, civil wars. So now let's not pretend like Zimbabwe only fell under like superinflation just because they decided to take their land back. We all know that countries that try to be independent from the system, a system which is set up by the World Bank, by the way, obviously that country will suffer. Look at Cuba. Ever since Castro, um, ever since Castro, right, he decided that he will make sure that their resources benefit the people. Uh, then they came the embargoes. Now, and they came, and they came very hard. America made sure that they never loosen up their stranglehold on Cuba. Someone once said, white supremacists never forget. By that, he means the elites, the people who are controlling everything. Okay, now, I really need to come up with another word. Like, using the word elite is kind of romanticizes, you know, making it more romantic, romanticizes the whole thing. You get what I mean? Think about all the countries that actually fought back against imperialism. Ethiopia was never colonized. Look how much they are suffering right now. Cuba as well. In fact, most Latin American countries like that, like the worst place. You you can never go and live in Brazil successfully unless maybe you are wealthy and you go to the suburbs. But generally speaking, look at all these Latin Americas. There's so much unrest. There's so many things like messed up anything, the government cannot stabilize, like ever. There's always, you know, American intervention. And, you know, Mandela kind of knew this. He knew that if we kind of nationalize everything, then South Africa was toast. I mean, how do you fight against the government while 99% of you don't have a tertiary education? 98% probably doesn't even have military skills. Zero wealth and your ally is the Soviet Union. <laughs> Think about that. That's like a recipe for disaster. So rather use the system that's already been built, accumulate wealth, learn how the enemy operates, and take everything back legally when you're strong enough. I mean, <laughs> that's the best strategy. Because as I said in one of my videos, like now is no time for war. Like it's no time for like, taking back the land, chasing away, you know, white people, killing white people, make, yeah, and America, death to America. There's no time for that, man. Like, that won't work. Like, these people are too damn powerful. Like, you won't do anything at this point. You can't do it forcefully. You need an actual strategy. Like, you know, play, don't play fire with fire, rather be more strategic, you know? And that's why Chris Honey was assassinated, right? They knew that the people listened to him and the people were thirsty for blood. They would have killed every white person living in South Africa. And you wouldn't have, we wouldn't have recovered from this, you know, because 
You cannot really start a new nation by bloodshed. Think about all the African countries that did this. There were civil wars in those countries. To this day, those countries have unrest. Because it's funny that ISIS can run rampant in most African countries, but South Africa stays untouched. And you know why? Because South Africa is America's bitch. Because <laughs> if you're asking yourself, right, that that's kind of a contradiction. Because I'm saying, you know, uh, South Africa is uh, America's bitch. At the same time, uh, England, you know, has taken over. But you know the reason for that. So, but anyways, if you want to know the reason why I'm saying South Africa is America's bitch, just, you know, go to one of my episodes. It's season one, episode two. <laughs> Man, I can't believe, like, we did so many episodes. Like, it's like 30 episodes, like, in one month. Like, we should, like, pat ourselves on the back, you know, and we, we should continue on this good run. And it really pains me that the world has to take a deal and make a deal with the devil for people to survive. You can't thrive out here without the elites getting their piece of the pie. Okay, the elites again. So, like, if you want to, you know, help me come up with a better way to, to describe these people, uh, just email me at lulamanderson at gmail.com and, you know, have some suggestions. But I'll also work on this. I can't call them elites, man. Like, you know, elite, like, it seems so nice. <laughs> you get what I mean? So, Mandela had to make the hard decision to forgive the enemy. White people will keep all their land, all their wealth, and the nation will start to rebuild. But he had one Trojan horse that the apartheid government never saw coming. Get people educated. So South Africa invests a lot. In fact, the budget speech, most of our budget goes towards education. And you know what happens when people start reading, opening up a book. They wake up. They know what to do. They open up companies to hire more people and people become wealthy. They look into laws that were put in place that disadvantage black people. We start asking questions. Where's the land? How did they acquire the land? And how do we take the land back lawfully using the legal system? Which is what's happening in South Africa. Every person that was driven out of their native land during apartheid or colonialism... They're getting their land back, but the biggest fight of them all is actually getting the rest of the land, which doesn't really make sense to have a minority population of 10% who have 90% of the land. They own 90% of the land. How does that even happen? I mean, like, it doesn't even make sense. So inevitably, they're going to have to, you know, bring back the land. The crazy thing is that England has always wanted South Africa under its thumb. Since they were fighting the wars, the Boer Wars, I don't know if you know about them. The first Boer War was in 1880 and uh, it went throughout 1881. And the second one was 1899 uh, to 1902. They finally got what they wanted through Mandela. Because now you might think what I'm saying that, as I said, England is the big fish. I might, you might think that I'm contradicting myself because I said, uh, you know, South Africa is America's bitch, but now I'm saying, uh, you know, England has the big piece of the pie. But we all know that England still owns 
most of his territories, I mean, Australia, Canada, Jamaica, South Africa included. And if you really think America is independent, <laughs> clearly you don't know anything. But I really hope ne, what I'm about to say right now is like really sensitive. I really hope I don't get assassinated for this. But have you ever noticed that every black president from Mandela, Tabumbeke, Khalima Mutlante, Jacob Zuma, and Ramaphosa. These are the five presidents that we've had, black presidents, rather. So these presidents, all of them, once they get inaugurated, right, they go to Europe and they visit the queen. Okay, it might not mean anything, but, you know, just to uh, make you think. What do you think is going on? <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I also don't know, but it's kind of weird, isn't it? But anyways, that's the topic for today. Uh, that's the podcast episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. And uh, one request, like, okay, beginning of the podcast, right? I said, okay, if you know anyone who'd be interested in a podcast, you know, do recommend to your friends. And I think right now, I'm really proud to say that to actually recommend the podcast. I think we've reached a point whereby mm, at first I could do, you know, episodes like daily and, you know, I would rush them and put them out. But I'm really enjoying the kind of episodes that I'm putting out right now. I think, you know, the, there's more research into it. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of heart. There's a, a lot of effort. And I don't know if it really shows uh, through the material that I'm putting out. If you really think it shows, you know, contact me. Let's talk. Um, it's lulamanderson at gmail.com. And let's really talk about it. But anyways, the, the topic for today, like, I think it really touches home because it's really about the kind of things that are happening right now. Uh, most of the Africans, I have to admit, black people that, are, like, they have progressed so much that we've come, like, a long way because um, I don't have the exact stats, but... Like, there are more educated uh, black people now than ever. Like, it's like a rapid growth. Like, if you compare from, you know, 1994 until now, there's a rapid growth. I really wish I could really get you the statistics, but you can Google the statistics on how well black people are doing. They're doing really well, like, according to me, on how things are going. And I think if Mandela said, oh, you know... F these people, let's chase them out, let's take back our land. You know, you can't do anything with land without knowledge, without knowing what you're doing. We didn't even know how to do banking or anything like that. Like, absolutely nothing. So you can't really take back the land. So what the government did, the ANC government, they actually worked with the apartheid government and actually uh, learned from them how things operate. You know, our TV broadcasting and all of that, they actually get black people to actually go there and actually learn how things operate. You know, the de different department, the department of like uh, agriculture and all of that. They made sure that we actually learn from them because at the end of the day, it's like an uncle that, you know, assaulted you, you know, and then you are living in this house and he's like, okay, now you're free. Go out there and fend for yourself. So you might swallow your pride. It is painful because like either way, either choice is really bad. Like you can't really be proud of either choice. You can either let your people starve 
or actually swallow your pride and let your people be educated. Because at the end of the day, I think it's about the welfare of the people. We might think that, okay, Mandela betrayed us. These people did one, two, three. Uh, they destroyed, you know, most of uh, our self-confidence as black people. But we, we needed to get out of that. We needed to forgive for us to actually move forward, for our kids to actually have better lives because we could have had that pride. Oh, no, man, we want everything. Ah, man, we don't want to hear anything. We want to kill everyone, blah, blah, blah. But even to this day, you know, South Africans would be suffering, non-educated, like a lot of people would have died as well, needlessly. Right now we are living, we are progressing, and, you know, we are taking it one day at a time. So, yeah, that, that's what I think about the whole thing. So, but if you have an opinion, do tell me. If you have suggestions, yeah, do say something. Like, if you have friends, uh, recommend the podcast, man. Let's grow this family. Let it be enormous, you know, because I really enjoy this. Because, yeah, man, <laughs> it's really nice to discover new things, discovering new knowledge. You get what I mean? But anyways, yeah, that's the episode for today. It's the Neyman Podcast with Lula Mendelssohn. For now, sharp, sharp.